in the name of one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen. So the two readings that we hear on this third Sunday of Advent are a bit of an emotional roller coaster when we put them together. You have this joyful promise from Zephaniah. Sing aloud, shout, rejoice, exult. I can see you all feel that right now. <laughs> it's always good when the Episcopalians get charismatic and, you know, really get into it. But we have this truly joyful moment. And then it's paired with John the Baptist shouting, you brood of vipers, repent. You know, and that's kind of John the Baptist, right? That's his shtick. So we go from Zephaniah, yes, there's hope. We got this. God is with us. Isn't this awesome? To John going, for the love of God, would you all listen up and cut that out? Right? Which, when you think about it, sounds kind of like this season of Advent, right? Who Jesus is coming. Isn't that wonderful? Let's get out our crash and set it up. And oh, the lights, let's put it, light the other Advent candle and it's pink this week. Oh, isn't that lovely? And there's so much joy in all of the decorations around. We get fireworks tonight. Nothing says Christmas like some fireworks. Isn't it just wonderful? And then it's paired with, oh my goodness, where am I going to buy the JJ Coco Melon Doll, which is the Tickle Me Elmo of 2021. Or if you have older kids, where am I going to find the PlayStation 5? Or if you're a grown-up, whatever that is that someone really wants. And is the supply chain going to mess up my gift-giving or my Christmas dinner? I mean, it's not Christmas if we don't have... Right? And have I remembered and bought and shopped and gotten all my gifts? And have I gotten them wrapped? And did I forget anybody? And should I get something extra? Right, we have all this stuff. So I would say that our readings today not only encapsulate our emotions about this season as we move towards the manger, but they're really the bookends of our Christian life. We have Zephaniah with hope and relationship and joy on one end, and it's balanced with action and repentance and work on the other end. And it takes both sides, it takes both halves to make us a whole Christian. And this third Sunday of Advent is supposed to be a break in all of the hard preparation. It's supposed to be a moment to stop and to rejoice about the coming Savior. It's why we have a different color candle. It's Gaudet Sunday, Gaudet, excuse me. And we say, all right, now we can be happy about what's going to happen. Woohoo! God, Emmanuel, it's going to become flesh among us. Amazing. And that Zephaniah 
is exactly the joy that we should experience when we think of the good God does by sending us Jesus to be human. When we think about the good God has done in our own lives, and when we think about the good that we can do with God in our lives. Then comes John the Baptist, the original killjoy, (laughs) to remind us that Christian life isn't just about joy and expectation and unicorn and rainbows. The Christian life is truly how we do what we do as a follower of Jesus. So I want you to look at your week for a moment. Week. Take a week. Any week. There are seven days, right? And on day one, we come to church. We come on Sunday, and we love it. We love the candles, and we love our windows, and we love the spectacular music, and we love our friends. I mean, all of our friends, and even if we don't love our friends, we love the familiar faces of the people whose names we can never remember, but we know that they're in the pews around us. And then we love the new people. We love the new people because we love St. Cross so much, we can't wait to share that love with everybody else. And it is the best day of the week, and we love it, and it is right, and it is good. It's Zephaniah all day on Sunday. Sunday fun day, as the parents just reminded me. And then, and then comes Monday through Saturday. And you find yourself in the classroom, or the boardroom, or your work, wherever it may be, or the soccer field, the grocery store, or you should know after all my years of preaching that my patience is really tried on the freeway merge lane. I mean, really? But then comes those other six days. And it's when we are living our daily lives outside of these sacred four walls that that is where the rubber meets the road on our faith journey. That is when we are called into account about our actions and our words. And that's what John the Baptist is talking about. And that message is what drew all these people out into the desert to be baptized. All these people wanted to get rid of the sin and the bad that they had been carrying around. All the things that had made them be separated from God. And they wanted to be cleansed and they wanted to be brought into right relationship with God. And John, John's all for that. He wants people to get into right relationship with God? Absolutely. But John also knows that baptism isn't a cure-all miracle to a sinless life. It's not a one-step fixer-upper. And so John calls the crowd to account He calls them to account, you brood of vipers. And we love that line, got said many times around the office this week. (laughs) 
But right after your brood of vipers is really the phrase we need to pay attention to. The real kicker is when John says, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Bear fruits worthy of your repentance. And the crowds, the crowds know at that moment that John, John is speaking some truth. Or as we would have said back in my day, John is talking for real here. And so they say, what? What are we to do? What are fruits worthy of repentance? And John tells them. He tells them, here's what you got to do. Are you ready for it, folks? You need to share. You need to share. And while you are sharing what you have, don't exploit others for your own profit. That's it. Or as a colleague said to me this week as we were talking about it, the gospel essentially tells us all not to be jerks. That's John the Baptist's message. Just don't be a jerk. Got it? But a commentator who I frequently turn to, Debbie Thomas, I think, I think I like her paraphrase of John the best. She says, John essentially tells the crowd, go home. Go home to your other six days of the week. She goes on, go home to your families, your neighbors, your vocations. Your colleagues, stop fleeing. Stop insisting that God is far away from the nitty-gritty dailiness of your particular life. Inhabit the stuff of your life as deeply and as generously as you can right now. Share now. Be merciful now. Do justice now. Inhabit your life. No matter how plain, how obscure, how unglamorous, how routine, and why? Why, Debbie Thomas asks, why should you inhabit your life? She says, because the holy ground that matters most is the ground beneath your feet. The holy ground that matters most is the ground beneath your feet. And so on this third Sunday of Advent, among the lists, the tasks, the to-dos, the tete-a-tetes, the gatherings, go home. Embody the faith that you have been given. Share, be merciful, be just, be loving in your decisions. For that is what our very baptism asks of us. That is what our faith asks for us. That is what the Christ child waiting to once again break into our hearts 
calls us to do. And when, when you bear fruit worthy of repentance, rejoice, shout, and exalt, for you have come near to God. Amen.